First Time Feelings is a monthly podcast hosted by two Melbourne women exploring universal human experiences via micro-narratives based on first-time feelings. Whether it be shame, guilt, longing, anxiety or lust, each anecdote is an honest, witty and relatable vignette that taps into the messy human journey we're all on. Naming and reclaiming emotion, one feeling at a time. Hello and welcome to another episode of First Time Feelings, a podcast where we, Ruth and myself, Crystal, take a trip down memory lane to relive formative feelings. Then we deconstruct the experiences that gave birth to these emotions. The first impulse of creation, the wild spark, the spot fire of curiosity, the weird and electric lure of Irish dancing and rock and roll music. This episode explores the giddy and varied first time feeling of inspiration. A yellow dress and a catsuit. Inspiration didn't just hit. As I thought back through the catalogue of first time feelings memories for this episode, I couldn't pinpoint the exact moment where I felt inspired. When I deconstruct why this is, I think it's because inspiration is a complex feeling. It's born of experience recognised only when one understands the world around them and what you feel is important and what you value. My path to feeling inspired was one that was filled with many precursor moments that did lead to one eventual climactic point where I recognised that this was inspiration I was feeling, but there have in fact been many little moments along the way where inspiration was happening. I just didn't recognise it. When I was 14, going on 15, I constructed a shrine. It was pretty commonplace for teenagers to do this. Like bowerbirds, we would collect our shiny things, mostly magazine cutouts of rock stars and famous people, and we would place them strategically in our bedrooms so that each and every day we could wake up to the people that we idolised, slash thought was super hot and had mega crushes on. By the time I was 14, I had had a number of shrines. The first had featured animals, mostly horses, I was obsessed, but also unusual animals like red pandas, snow leopards and narwhals, whom I placed on an extra high pedestal due to their uniqueness and inclusion on the world's most endangered list. Then came my obsession with pop stars at age 12. Down came the animals and up went a new shrine dedicated to the likes of Hanson, the Spice Girls, East 17 and Boys to Men. And God knows whoever else was topping the charts back in 1996. Finally, by the time I had reached 14, I had started to develop some real tastes. The images of the aforementioned pop stars had been cast aside and replaced by punk rock idols, the Sex Pistols, the Ramones and the Clash, as well as a slew of local pop punk bands. That was all we had going in the local scene at the time. The Clash were taking up by far the most real estate, one member in particular, Paul Simonon. The doe-eyed, lanky bass player with his signature style and slicked back hair had won my teenage heart. I'd gone to the local library to use the photocopier to blow up images of the clash and cut out his silhouette, making him as big as possible. It was true teenage love. The year of being 14, I had asked my parents for a cherry red guitar, and my wish had been granted with a starter package from Billy Hyde's that included a red Squire Stratocaster and 30-watt Fender app. I could not believe my luck. All the images adorning my walls had come from zines and old record collector and Rolling Stones magazines. My dad was an avid record collector. He had thousands of records and magazines about those records. Now that I had a guitar, I wanted to learn how to play, and I was looking for a role model to help guide me. 
I love the way that Mick and Joe played guitar and how Johnny managed to make three chords sound so good, but I felt like I couldn't connect with them. I couldn't see myself doing what they did. They were in another world, and I felt like I could never cross over into that world. So I went digging into my dad's collection. He had just about every genre under the sun, and there were plenty of women in the mix. Buffy St. Marie, Joni Mitchell, Wanda Jackson, but it wasn't what I was looking for. Where were the punk rock women? Where were the bold women, the women with the crazy outfits and dyed hair? And then I stumbled upon the X-ray specs, jam-free adolescence. I was instantly in love with the cover. The five band members standing in test tubes wearing brightly coloured coordinated clothing with polystyrene right in the middle wearing a yellow dress. She looked so confident and strong. And this was only confirmed when I actually put on the record and listened to it. She belted out songs about consumerism and identity and politics and gender. For weeks, I was obsessed with the record, putting it on full ball in my bedroom and yelling the lyrics to identity. But it wasn't enough to keep me satisfied. Where were the women with guitars? So I went searching, record and CD shops, flipping through old punk scenes at the local library, looking through rock biographies to see what I could find. And the women began to show up. Joan Jett, The Slits, Blondie. But there was one woman wielding a guitar with effortless cool who really had an impact on me. Christy Marlana Wallace, aka Poison Ivy from The Cramps. With her mess of untamable red hair, her six-inch stilettos and wild outfits, she was the female role model I'd been looking for. She brandished her 1958 Gretsch 6120 like a weapon. She looked staunch and sexy in every photo I saw her in. The image of her dressed in her tiger print catsuit leaning up against a barbed wire fence blew my tiny teenage mind. This woman was proud of her sexuality, but fierce and strong, and she played guitar like a demon. She made me want to pick up my guitar and learn. After months of searching for a female guitarist I could look up to, I had found one. I looked at the pictures of the cramps all over my room, of Poison Ivy posing and staring straight into the camera, brazen and bold. I stood in front of the mirror, guitar in hand. A round-faced Eurasian girl with badly applied black eyeliner, dyed pink hair and torn jeans stared back at me. I pretended to strum the guitar. I could barely play a note, but I was sure as hell going to learn how. I love that your um your first inspiration was um also X-ray specs because I think maybe when I auditioned to be a singer in your band I might have sung an X-ray specs. I'm song. pretty sure you did. I think it was Identity. Yeah. 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 Wow. That's it a is nice their best song. <laughs> yeah, it's a <laughs> yeah. pretty good one. Yeah, yeah. It's very catchy. Oh, oh, bondage up yours though. That's that one's good too. Yeah. Yep. That's pretty good. She's actually yep. pretty got a bloody it's it's actually hard to sing like yeah her. she's yeah. got an incredible um, her range is really and it's really yeah. high it is really high. high it is really really high yeah. yeah um that made me feel lots of things very nostalgic and very inspired and um i i now regret posting that thing that i posted about the cramps online <laughs> <laughs> It's okay. I saw it and I was only mildly offended Bruce, um, because you just obviously didn't know how important the cramps no, are to No, I really didn't, did I? <laughs> <laughs> and it was really about locks. It's not, you know, yeah, he just creeps me out. So, um, 
But yeah, it, fair yeah. enough. I, I can understand that. Yeah. But I was all about poison ivy. Like, I know. That's that what was I think really, is so amazing. Yeah. Yeah. What appealed to me. And what year exactly was that when you kind of discovered them? Yeah, so that would have been 96 or maybe the year of being 97. So I think probably 97 because I think that's when I was 14. Yeah. 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 So 96 was the year before when I still liked all the pop, pop bands. The pop but band. then when I yeah, turned yeah. 14, I started to, like, I don't know, just develop my own taste and kind of like things for my reasons and not like the reasons that, you know, um, society and teenage magazines were kind of telling me. Yeah. Um, I should like bands because they were popular. So that kind of, yeah, that sort of changed when I was 14. And I really started going through my dad's collection, which was epic. And it had a lot of, it just had so many genres in there. Yeah. And um, that really kind of opened up my eyes to what types of music existed. And, you know, and for whatever reason, I I chose punk rock as the the genre that was for me. I I find it quite amazing because I think like, I had a really similar thing with like having somebody who was like the gateway like my older brother was like you know not not quite as many records as your dad but like that same sort of thing but also um how you really sought out and worked and labored rather than like say sort of going online um because like really if you wanted to get into music back Mm -hmm. then you went to a cd library and like, yeah. and you went to the literal library, the actual yeah, the library, actual and then, library. Yeah, yeah, and then you, or you also went to a, like a record store to learn about music. Because yeah. I remember, like, I'm, I was just curious about what year because, like, I was like, I'm four years older than you, yep. I think. So I was, I remember like that same year while you're probably Backstreet Boying, I was like, I remember I was in like Claremont in the music library going like, oh, I've just found PJ Harvey. Like, yeah, yeah. you know, like, um, but but by going in, you know, totally. and, and just, like, working at it, you know, it was like... Yeah, well, when I was writing this, I was thinking about, um, I was like, I think we had just gotten a computer and I probably could have been looking up bands, but because it was such a new type of technology like I didn't really know what to do with the, the I don't think it would have been internet. anywhere near Yet. as ex- <laughs> yeah. I think also something like Spotify which collates yeah you know for example like gives you a kind of like pre-recommended playlist or yeah. you know I I love it I find it so useful like um same yeah especially with stuff like hip-hop and stuff like that or like rap and mm. like other genres and things that I don't know much about it's great um, but yeah, it really like, uh, you know, it does make me kind of nostalgic for that because I, I feel like also like your, the depth of knowledge was greater, but also like the, um, the reward was so much sweeter Yeah, <laughs> because yeah. you really had to work for it. Yeah, you know? no, totally. And that's where you physically met also your weirdo friends. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Which you are one of them. <laughs> yeah, because you really, really like, it's like, well, I really want to get into this thing too. And I'm yeah. wor- I'm working hard to find out what it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, it is a really, um, it's so indicative of that time and, and, um, and place too, that story. Yeah, absolutely. I did feel um, very nostalgic when I was writing it. Um, and particularly like going through the different um, versions of, of the shrine yeah. um, was really funny because I was just like, ah, oh, I'd never kind of thought about it in that much detail before. And it's like, ah, oh, there's just these like um, different kind of times when you're a teenager where you are just obsessed with different things. And all like teenage years are just so much about being 
obsessed with certain things, whether it's famous people or musicians or... You get obsessed with, like, and also the animals and stuff. It's like, I think one thing that I really like about people that um, that are adults um, that haven't been kind of absorbed into that really boring adult order are those people that can retain that kind of like insane sense of interest about things like yeah. where they get yeah. fixations yeah, on things still and remaining they're a bit curious, obsessive I think, and, is a yeah. really good quality as you're getting yeah. older like it might not be dinosaurs but it's no. like it's like it might be but <laughs> it might be I, yeah, yeah but for some like people. someone who still stays that excited and curious about things yeah. so i think that's it's really it's a good quality it's a, to try and nurture yeah. and retain and yeah totally yeah totally retain it because that's what keeps you um you know youthful and you're you're and you know and curious so yeah so yeah. true i feel inspired by your oh. inspiring story i'm glad The Little Curl. I remember very little of the dancing lesson. I only remember that the dress my mum made me was green and had a multi-pattern print. Feel like there was a Snoopy on it, but that could be wishful thinking as I really, really liked Snoopy. I think I was about four and all through my childhood I longed to be a dancer. On one Christmas I actually asked for a warehouse so that I could be like Jennifer Beale in Flashdance. I can't really remember when I gave up trying to be a dancer. Maybe it was in my early gothic teen depressive years where it all seemed a little bit too earnest and a little bit too hard. The fact that my inner child was not scarred by what happened next really pleases me. And in a way, this may be close to an early feeling of national pride, but it is much closer to feeling inspired and staying inspired. The class was traditional Irish dancing. I think my mum was trying to get me in touch with my roots or something. But I was also inspired by the Irish dancing girls, their ornate Heidi costumes and spiral curls that I saw at the Irish club we went to socially as a family. The dancers looked like living dolls, but they stomped ferociously, as if flames would come out of their shoes. All that I really remember of the lesson was a barren northern suburb, the green dress, white socks, patent shoes, and the fact that my hair was very short, probably chin length and wispy, and would never be in those tight curls. I didn't care. I was there to dance, and dance I did. I don't recall the formations and lines, but my body memory has persisted. To this day, I can still replicate the footwork. And an eerie gothic foreshadowing, hands, or the use of hands, were not permitted. Some goths, of course, make ethereal shapes in the air, but largely the goth dance involves shuffling and footwork, with arms glued to the side, looking very glum and miserable. So... Irish dancing involved hands rigidly held at the side while the feet worked inconceivably hard. Had I been sent to rainbow rhythms or no lights, no lacra, I would have excelled at this lesson. But this Irish child was not having no hands. I waved them around. I waved them around like a drowning sailor. I pointed with them. I walked like an Egyptian. I believe I also refused to dance in line. The Irish teacher politely but firmly asked my mum not to bring me back because it wasn't a good fit. Irish dancing is all discipline and uniformity, and that child cannot keep her arms to one side. Plus, my hair cannot be curled. Wow. (laughs) So this is really interesting, because you felt inspired to dance. You wanted to dance. Yeah. But then when you got there, you refused to (laughs) obey the rules. I just realised your story is super punk and so is mine. Yeah. (laughs) Um... I think I just 
was like, whoa, let's go, you know, and I was like, you know, I want to do this. Let's get this party started. But I realised that you had to hold your hands down and all yeah. I wanted to do was do stuff with my Waving hands. in the air like where, you just don't <laughs> care. <laughs> That's right. Weirdly enough, now when I dance, and I think, again, this is like probably that weird gothic thing, um, I don't really know what to do with my hands. I'm often like yeah. a bit like I'm like, yeah. I, don't I know. literally just... felt that last night at yeah, the old right. bar when I was dancing and because I wasn't drinking, I was just like, what do I what do, do, I do with, with my, my hands? hands? What I do? Do I pump them yeah. in the air? Do <laughs> I, I like, like put my hands in my hair? Do I, yeah, yeah. we're put them in my pocket no like and I think the gothic thing gives you a really good excuse because you're either going to be a shape a shape thrower yeah or <laughs> you're going to be someone who glues them to, mm-hmm, to mm-hmm. both sides I was a gluer yeah and I I know the shape throwers they're yeah. different they are and different yeah so a lot of that on um, the dance floor dominion <gasps> yeah um but yeah like I think this was just so regimented and weirdly enough like you know i I didn't go to alternative schooling or anything like that or whatever. Um, I I was a very well-behaved child, but I think it was just like the creative – I was just – I felt unstoppable. Mm. And um, I think those – for some reason I have a lot of memories around that age of being really kind of like a bit crazy and like it was before I got kind of absorbed into the system. And it sort of makes me feel a bit sad thinking about it. I'm like, oh, I really just wanted to do what I wanted to do. And like – Maybe yeah. if I'd gone to Montessori school, I'd be a really different person right now. Totally. Yeah. So how did you feel, like, after you had rebelled? Probably not even realising it would be that big I don't a deal. think I realised that it was a big deal. Were you sad not to go to the lessons again? Or? I kind of, like... Or were you just, like... It was a failure. Well, it was, was like, fun. kind of a care. failure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I guess, but, like, maybe I kind of felt... Obviously, there was a bit of a rebuke, but not really. It was sort of, like, a gentle rebuke. Like, and this isn't for you. And also those girls were like, man, they were really, really skilled. Like they they go on and they do competitions. They're really serious. Mm. I was just this like whimsical freak who just wanted yeah. <laughs> to get in there and, you know, get down. So yeah. I think like, um, you know, there's none of that yeah. in that. So, you know, I think it was more like, you know, she'll find her, her way, yeah. you know, in something else. So did you leave it like still feeling good like I think know. I did because yeah. I don't think you can at that age like you maybe know a little bit on a level that like like I because I remember even like going getting put into like play school or something like that um around that time or like pre-kindy and like being told that we had to take naps or, or eat oranges and stuff at like and I was like oh but I don't want to do that I don't like that yeah. um but it was like oh like I'm being polite. Like I'm just like oh, I'm sorry. I don't feel like doing that. You yeah, know, like yeah. that. That's why not do- me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's not my jam. I don't sleep yeah. during the day. I, I don't do like what it. I want. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So and kind of being like, no, no, no. You can't do that. Like you, you have to do, just like, how dare you? Kind of thing. And mm. a little bit of like more like confusion. Like a bit like, but I'm reasonable. Yeah. I don't want to do that. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. This is this is what I want to do. Yeah. So yeah. So I think it was more a bit like that. Kind of one of those ways. It's a little. A little kind of like probably a little lash and you kind of go, oh, okay, I probably shouldn't do that Mm-mm. anymore. So um, it, I guess it really kind of like set the foundation to how you continue to be to this day. I fully believe yeah. that your personality is formed at yeah. a really young age. Yeah. I really do. And I think like you're, you're going to be who you're going to be, you know. Yeah. Um, 
And I think, like, it was just definitely, like, I was just... And I probably think I was like, I like you back then. You were wild. <laughs> you knew how to have a good time. Yeah. Um, yeah, it really did. It set, it, it set the precedent. Yeah. that way. Yeah, yeah that's, that's awesome. That's amazing. <laughs> I don't know. It's like, yeah, it's really... I'm glad you came away from that situation still feeling good and inspired because at first I was like oh no this isn't a story of inspiration no this is a story of individuality being crushed (laughs) but but um you know maybe it was like marred a little bit like or muddied a tiny bit but at the edges of my ball gown yeah imaginary ball gown yeah um because I, I I do think I was just like well fuck that shit like, yeah, you yeah. know, really. Um, and, yeah, like, I think of those, um, you surely now, like, I if I, like, was, like, living in East Brunswick and my mum took me to, like, I don't know, some kind of, like, explore yourself dance, I would have fucking really... Yeah, killed it. I would have killed it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just imagining you yeah. in, like, an empty warehouse, like, doing knee slides yeah. along this, like, beautiful polished wood floor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think those... um. It's weird. It's like those those lessons and classes and stuff that kids go to to make them um, be good at something also require them to, you know, do all those things that make them fit in. And, yeah. um, you know, there's like I, I find that a little sad on a level yeah. when I think about it. It's like a bit of a an absorption into that kind of like adult order where everything is really rulesy yeah. and stuff. But yeah, rules and regulations and... The system, man. The system. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> oh well, I've I never had my Riverdance career, but um, there's still time. There's, <laughs> I could be Michelle Flatley. Yeah, you never know. There is still time. There's still time. <laughs> uh, well, that brings us to the end of episode eight. Um, thanks so much for continuing to listen to us um, rant and rave about our feelings and relive our memories of those first time feelings it's so great to have people tuning in um so please keep listening and tell your friends who also liked to talk about feelings and all that jazz (laughs) don't forget to like us on instagram like us follow us to follow us on instagram Oh yeah, you can tell when not And um, yeah, that's right. And uh, and to download our episodes at Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Should you not go on Apple to do so? <laughs> <laughs> cool. Thanks, Ruth. That was a great ending. And we'll see you next time. Bye.